It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. With Mr. Ted Dixie, who uh, the play-by-play voice of Alabama A&M Bulldogs Radio. Uh, Ted, how you doing, sir? Good evening. I'm doing quite well. Happy to be here. Hello, everyone. Let's get it. All right. Yeah, well, you know, we, we like to bring on our, our upcoming uh, opponents to kind of let Rattler Nation kind of get a feel firsthand from, from people who are in the know. With uh, with what's going on with the upcoming opponent, uh, we understand it was a it was a tough weekend for y'all. Uh, homecoming weekend. Give us a sense uh, as best as you can of that day. From the uh, I'm sure everyone woke up with great spirits in the morning, and then it was kind of uh, well, just homecoming festivities. Hopefully, weren't ruined in the evening. Oh no, no, without a doubt, Alabama Agricultural and Mechanical University. It's way more than just the homecoming football game when it comes to homecoming. I will say we have the best tailgate in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the most competitive conference in the football championship subdivision. Welcome to the conference, the Florida Agriculture and Mechanical. Is that what it is, A&M University? Yes. Fam you. I went to Tuskegee yes, undergrad, so I know fam very well. Uh, and when I was a child, I actually saw Greg Coleman play at Tuskegee in college and he was punting warming up before the game and he punted the ball not in a five or space of five yards apart every ball about 45 yards at that at any rate um well you know man somebody puts a roger maris up on you bro you know being a broadcaster you got to sit through all of it (laughs) i don't get to pick and choose i can't see you know during the game i'm like well this score is going to empty the stadium but some people are still here this score is going to empty this score. You know, it, that game is disappointing, no doubt. Coach Maynard and his team, coaches, are disappointed. Uh, but we're not out of the Eastern Division race. So when you think about what has to happen uh, during the season, and in the swag, someone always comes back to the pack. There's always an upset. Get ready for it. There's always, ooh, this will be easy, and then, uh-oh. So, you know, you got to play them all. And that's why you line up to play. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Um, I, I, you know, if we we got a chance to talk at the Gulf Coast Challenge, about, so I, I didn't really get a chance to kind of dig too deep and ask, say, you know, how many years you have been calling games, but it, in your years of of calling games for Alabama A and M, was Saturday one of the toughest games to call? Uh, I've had several. I've had several good games. I've had several bad games. As I tell folks, you know, it's hard to sell chicken salad when it's not made of chicken mm. but, in, but even then um yeah thank you now everybody's getting a joke anyway but even then you know as a as a broadcaster 
and like my idols were uh, Brian Gumbel, and of course, a long time 44 year voice here uh, for the Bulldogs, Ike Rooks. And having enough information, knowledge, and history and other points of interest for a, a broadcast. It's not just down and distance, it's not just score. You know, I get to talk about the marching maroon and white, talk about our retiring president, Dr. Andrew Huguini Jr., our incoming president, Dr. Daniel Wims, uh, our athletics director, Brian Hicks, who's done a fabulous job since he's been here. And now I get to talk about talk about Mr. Uh, Willis Mumbai, who is the coach of the Southwestern Athletic Conference men's tennis team champion, Alabama A&M University Bulldogs. So, you know, you talk about a game coming up and you want to pick my brain with it, Will. You'll be like every other coach, and it's been two weeks in a row, a continuing trend of turnovers and then dejection now, the, the thing that's in front of a team. When you start off with very high expectations and they, and they come crashing down, you think uh, you got to reassess what you're doing. You know, student athletes, and we told them since the spring, and this is my since 2014, uh, being the play-by-play -play announcer, it, it, you know, you have to do more the next year because everyone's gunning for you. So if you take a week off or if you're doing the same things that you did the last season when you won, you're setting yourself up to get beat because you have to do more now because everyone else is looking to do more against you. Kelvin, what do you got? So now, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You were. Go I'm sorry. You were going to finish, Ted. I didn't want to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh well, I just keep it rolling. Yeah, yeah just wait. You want me to stop? So, <laughs> Kelvin, Kel go so, ahead. Jump in there. So, so Ted, so you 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 had uh, two losses now. Um, as you mentioned, um, the uh, Bulldogs were expected to contend for the championship. Um, it was a pretty good whooping last week. What is the mindset and mentality that you gather right now of the teams and coaches, then other fans? And what are they, do you sense any difference in expectations for this Saturday? So, you know, let's go backwards. Let's, let's start with the fans. Sit down, my dog is all in the way. Let's start with the fans first. You know, we hadn't won a SWAC football championship since 2006. So our fans, even with the spring and COVID and all that, the number of games played, you want to schedule a game, it gets canceled, try to reschedule, it gets canceled. You know, we did what we had to do. You beat the people who are in front of you. And so you get a championship, but our fan base is probably everyone is. It's like a little odd because we didn't have a home game in the spring. So the fans couldn't really celebrate. They couldn't see it. It was always on TV or someone else's broadcast. So they'd miss that at home. Um, you come to this season, so it's still new. You know, at the ring ceremony, well, we didn't have the general public there. It was only the student athletes because of COVID concerns. And some people complain about that, but guess what? If you want to be the person who's in charge making the decision and one person dies, then how are you going to wear that? Anyway. So now after last week, it had been building up, and it, some people made the comment that we were just out of sync and just felt wrong. And I asked Coach on Tuesday night at 6 o'clock on 90.9 FM WJB, Bulldog Talk with head coach Connell Maynard, and also on the Alabama a Football Review with head coach Connell Maynard, Sunday nights, Channel 54, WGDX in Huntsville, big ups to Mo Carter, uh, who went Southern grad, played football there, who's a head sportscaster. And then also we posted on YouTube under Alabama A&M Athletics. Please like 
uh, subscribe, and, you know, get down with it and comment if you'd like. But you know what? I'll say this. The big concern this week for me, and it's always been on the schedule. I'm not playing. We can look ahead. I'm not coaching. We can always look ahead. Our former head coach, James Spady, is on this staff who takes this week. He knows some of the student bots, the student uh, athletes. He recruited and signed a quill glass. Got a quill as a starter here at the yard. I mean, on the hill. Uh, and Spady, I'll say this, and no one's going to believe me, but you go ahead and look it up. We were, Anthony Jones was head coach at Alabama and then We went down to Grambling. I think we were 7-1. We thought we might have had something. And Spady was the offensive coordinator at Grambling. Let me tell you something. He ran us out of the building. It was like, I looked up, it was 28-7, like early in the second quarter. And this is what he did. This is why I call him a genius. I've never seen the stack, you know, the stacked receiver sets. You got doubles out here on the outside and the receivers are lined up. The first time yeah. I saw that was at Grambling with Spady coaching the offense. I, I watched a lot of football, grew up around, around football, history of football, blah, 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 blah. I'd never seen that formation before. And I dare anyone else to say that they had who's not been a coach. So I went on the internet, going to look it up. There's a book at the time, Bob Davey wrote a book, used to be an NBC broadcaster. His book was all like 400 pages, maybe 500 pages long. For me to find that formation, I mean, I just kept looking just to see maybe if it's here. I found the formation and dude, I was like, this test the rules that a defensive back is taught about who to cover. Just like when you see the bunch three out wide and they throw the now screen or a tunnel uh, or a bubble, you're trying to keep up with that. And, and Spady, man, I'm, dude, somebody get beat up like that 28 to seven. And then you start to, when the score gets out of hand, then you can start paying attention to the movement of the offensive line, the movement of the receivers, very well in sync and a very intense dude. So I called him this summer playing around with him a little bit. You know, I, when I work with someone that close and early on a Sunday morning and you got to go through a TV show and a radio show, you have a losing season, you know, everybody starts to question themselves. I mean, everybody. I was wondering, was I saying the right things on the radio? Am I the cause of it? You know, but coach is very intense. And that has been passed on to his son, who's a starting center, Jalen. So I've asked our defensive coaches about him and what they see. They said, yeah, he's nasty, but the kid next to him, number 77, is nasty too. And I know coach is going to be intense and do a little extra talking. And then that Friday night at the team meeting before, you know, they go to bed, Spady will probably speak. This is his first trip back to Huntsville since uh, he left Huntsville. Oh, boy. It's going to be a good one. We got another challenge in front of us, even with Coach Sanders. You know, as I tell people on social media, okay, it's a rivalry now. Now it's a rivalry. Sanders got on the board, and the Jackson State folks don't start paying attention. They will end up not winning the East or getting to the championship game and not winning that. But the, the pressure they're putting on themselves is to win the celebration ball. Yep. Well said. Kofi, what do you got? Man, this is uh, – I, I am um, – I grew up, obviously, a, a, a Rattler, and I remember – uh, our games against Alabama A&M quite fondly. In fact, the one that hurt Ooh. me the very most, last one Ooh. in 1979, because that was the game that kept FAMU out of the playoffs and from actually going back to be able to repeat. This was after uh, FAMU had beaten the University of Miami and uh, was coming into Huntsville quite confident, feeling, but we had a few injuries, but still – um, losing that game 
was a dagger like like nothing else. And so once fam you got back into the swag, I knew that mm. the the rivalries with the Alabama schools were going to really, really, really uh take off. And I think I, I can't wait until uh two or three years down the line when we are having um twenty five, thirty thousand people in the stadium to come and watch these games, man. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the rivalry between Florida and M and Alabama and M. Um, in the network of broadcasters that we have, I like to say I'm the best. And I like to say knowing history, it was pretty good. Some of that I watched up close. Now, I, I might be wrong, but I thought FAMU repeated going to the finals after they won the national championship. And where this comes from is FAMU used to be a member of the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, the oldest HBCU conference. Tuskegee, one time you looked at, in Jet Magazine, if you ever looked at the basketball standings, there were like 30 schools in there sometime when everybody was getting in. <laughs> but that's where the FAM and Tuskegee rivalry comes from. As I said, I was at a Tuskegee game with my parents as a little boy, and I saw Greg Coleman. Then when I saw him on TV punting for the, for the Vikings, rather, you know, for me, it's no big deal about going to an HBCU, going to the NFL, because I've known people that did it. I know people who went to the CFL. Barry Wagner from Alabama A&M is considered the greatest arena football league player in history. So it's, the, the, for us to get back with you, and I mentioned earlier that I went to Tuskegee, so I've got a little bit of fam, you interest, and been down there when it's humid as all, get out, and all those folks are there. You can look online and see what homecoming and other games are like. Yeah, you know, attendance. The Southwestern Athletic Conference leads the football championship subdivision in attendance. When the discussions are held in probably three or four years about the SWAC joining another FCS conference to make a super conference, because we have attendance and we would like to go see these games played, you know, if we're going to get 40,000, well, like, well, we also are part, Alabama A&M is, part of the largest HBCU Classic. I don't care what they talk about at the Bayou Classic. We set the record because we count the number of people in the building. They count tickets. And you look on TV and tell it wasn't the number <laughs> that they claimed it was in Superdome. Well, who are you fooling, dog? Come on. I guess we're going to go like that. We'll go like that. So let me go hard now. The Rattlers, and, and y'all won the last national championship before we won one, right? So we're the two, you might say, last two best programs. Everybody else is trying to figure out who it is now. We did the pre-COVID, recover, during COVID, now after COVID. And Willie Simmons now, we know Coach Simmons from Prairie View. And he's a great offensive mind. Great offensive mind. You do a lot in Texas when you can pay assistants more money. And that's something else that every school is going to have to assess. You know, people come and poach your coaching staff when you're good if you don't pay them. So, got to pay them. But it's going to be good, man. I mean, is the marching 100 coming? That's the real question I have out of anything else. Unfortunately, um, oh man, unfortunately, it's a no. <laughs> Unless there's a miracle within these last couple of days, it's a no, which really stinks See, because I used to march. I used to march in the band at FAMU. So we were really what, looking forward. Man, people were looking man, forward. What? It was on the schedule for the hundred to be there, and wow. uh, they got a they got a call last week saying that they weren't going to do it. So, well, I'm gonna take a shot at DeSantis. You know, maybe he got everybody feeling like they don't need to cross the line or something. Look here, man. 
to help all these people out. When you're selling HBCU football, it's you're selling the pageantry. That's no Spady about it. I agree. about it on Between the Lines with James Spady. You know, ESPN, y'all wouldn't show the games, and they should tell them some bold-faced stories, and we can't get it. Uh, the, the music approved, and we don't want to pay, blah, 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 blah. Y'all do it for all the other shows. You tell me Jay-Z and Beyonce wouldn't just say, hey, man, go play our joint. You can play it, son. You know, you think nobody's going to do that the way we're getting attention? See, I can go ham now. Right. See, y'all got that going. So, so look. We're going to have to learn. And before people try to say, well, Deion Sanders and what he's doing, hey, dog, we've been doing this. Now, he did bring attention that we normally did not get. I won't lie about that. I'd never heard Stephen A. Smith say nothing about the swag on that show. And he went to, where did he go, Winston-Salem State? Winston-Salem State, yes. Yeah. You don't never say nothing. Now you want to say something? Don't need your help now, dog. We'll go ahead and build it later. And my big fallacy here, since we're on a roll, I'm on a roll, bro. Since our biggest fallacy as a conference, as a conference, is that we tied ourselves to ESPN too much. Now, I'll tell you what could happen right now. Right now. And won't nobody understand this, but I'll say this right now. If if y'all, if the Marching 100, which did did a show in your stadium at halftime, people would watch it. If you broadcast it and showed it on YouTube Live and made people buy subscriptions, the band heads would buy it. We bought that sorry fight this weekend. I don't care. My homeboy Deontay got crushed, man. Or oh, you fighting, fighting. <laughs> we act like we don't want a bad weekend for Alabama. Y'all ask me how I feel. I'm going to let it go because I feel like y'all are my therapy. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. Hey, look, I, we talked about that on a, on another show. It was a bad day for Alabama. I, I think across the board, uh, I, when, uh, yeah. I don't know who, maybe only Alabama State school. won. Who? Bama, Bama State, State won. Homecoming. Yes, Bama yes, State. that was it. Bama State, their homecoming. That was about it. And, we, and, we, and, and now, so, okay, let's segue. Let's segue and get back serious. So there can be a three-way tie in the Eastern Division. And then y'all going to get welcome to how the SWAC does business. I guess I'll never work. Explain either. that. Explain the tiebreaker <laughs> because one of our – one of our. Uh, it's funny you bring this up because one of, I, I one can't, of our I can't, I can't, I can't asked about it. it. <laughs> I can't explain it. Don't even try it. I can't explain it. Because this is what the scenario would be. Coach gave it to me right. Bama State beats Jackson State. We beat Bama State. Jackson State beat us. And and we went out. And Jackson State loses the games they got to lose. And Bama State loses. So we all got to have two losses in the conference. Then we're tied. Now, they go all the way down. I think there's a coin toss mentioned. But, see, we started questioning the tiebreaker in the spring because of the records of Pine Bluff and us. Pine Bluff playing one more game, both undefeated. We had games canceled. Where would the SWAC championship game be played? Because it's supposed to be at the home of the highest ranked team. Right. Well, you know, with the argument, people are like, you can play this many games. You can do Look, dog, it ain't our fault that folks couldn't follow the COVID guidelines. Or when we tried to reschedule people, they were like, nah, we won't do it. And to me, it was almost like conspiracy. Yeah, I said it. Hey, man, don't y'all play. But what really <laughs> happened was the the, the, the the folks in Arkansas, Pine Bluff, good people. I actually like going uh, to Pine Bluff. Looking at Torrey Hunter and when he spent the money to give the high school a playing surface. You know, I love going to Pine Bluff. And But we went to Jackson. Now, you know, Jackson State folks talk noise. 
y'all beat us this year, which means you made a rivalry. Rivalry, you and you know Maynard and Sanders are one and one now, but we won the championship on your field and beat you on your field. You might be tired of us. Why don't we just switch stadiums? Uh. Anyway, <laughs> so Saturday guy. though, bro, uh, you know we're gonna see some more football. The SWAC, I keep saying, it's the most competitive conference in the subdivision. You know, we're if the schools would up the budgets or if we found ways to get revenue. Now I'll tell you this. The Magic City Classic, this is last year that contract, I believe. Each school is going to get somewhere around six, seven $700,000. I don't know what happens with paying for the hotels. I don't think we pay the hotels. I think all that compensation just comes to the schools. But for the economic impact that we bring to that city, that game should be paid out like a bowl game. We should get $1.5 million and not pay for a hotel room for no one in our whole entourage. Because they're probably going to pull $14 million now. That means we got to go out and get some more sponsors. And, right. you know, the Bruno's company owns the game. But if they play, all you got to do is play home and home. Who is it, like Alcorn and Jackson did? Play home and home and then give them to go ahead and up the money. Because when they miss it two years in a row, then people start complaining. But why they complain? Well, they complain because it's not for the five games that you're going to play at home. You know, that's your revenue. They start complaining for that hotel revenue because most of the counties will have a hotel tax and try to increase it. Hear me now. They'll increase it and let the hotels increase the rates when we come to town. So, you know, I am tired of being fooled. I went to Columbia Business School, bro. I can look at the statements. You know, we can go back through history and look at attendance when people say how many folks were there, and I know what my eyes tell me when we go somewhere. The CIAA had problems with folks raising hotel rates. You know, in a minute, man, we're going to stop all this. In a minute. But we can do it with football. If Coach Sanders is going to tell these kids to come to Jackson State, and we've been there staying a lot, we look at their facilities, you know what they got going on. And if a suit and a trailer truck are going to be the difference, and I'm telling y'all it's not, you're going to find out one day probably what it is. But these kids are looking for money. Some of them coming from those Power 5 conferences. We got a couple, too. Uh, D. Anderson from LSU. Uh, who's probably the conference in touchdown receptions. I know he had seven, eight. I think he has eight now. But, dude, we, we can do it. But if we stop letting other people be responsible for our publicity, for our decision of how to send it. I mean, why don't we have a season pass subscription to HBCU football? Y'all are doing something. Uh, Heritage Sports Radio Network has been in this game for a long time. They're on Sirius XM. You know, we got some room to grow, man. We got some things we can do. The internet changed the game and changed the world. So instead of us going to Netflix, or, or maybe we should. Maybe we should sell our product to Netflix and make them invest in putting the equipment and the personnel to do it in our stadiums. Jackson State gets 30-some thousand folks at a game. First time I went there, I was like, wow. This is an HBCU game that we played at. Vanderbilt, Auburn, uh, Cincinnati, Georgia Tech. Coastal Carolina, UAB, South Alabama, some of the schools in the conference, and I put that all on Brian Hicks because Coach Hicks has relationships. His phone rings to play games. He doesn't have to call around begging for a game. So we only played for 10 games this year because we were supposed to open UAB's new stadium for them and give them the largest crowd they would ever have in their history. The top two games are against us at Legion Field, like almost 50,000 folks. We, we're the draw. Yeah. 
for sure, for sure. Ted, I love your energy and spirit. Uh, let, let's get out of here with this. Alabama A&M <laughs> will win the game if they do this. That's an easy one. Not turn the ball over. I can't tell you what we'll do without turning the ball over. We've been turning the ball over, man. I call that donating the game when you have that many turnovers. But I tell you what, I'll tell you how good we even turned the ball over as many times as we did in the last two weeks. Uh, man, I can't even remember the game. But we had a chance to win it in the last two minutes. So is is turning the ball over? Do you feel that is bigger than say? Uh, the offensive line protection of glass. Would you rate the the turnovers higher than the the the, the line and and being able to prevent, given what's happened the last couple of weeks, or is one a product of the other? Line play or blocking for for a particular play uh, can be taught. You can get up there on that sled. You can figure out how to block it. You can go max protect. You can send just two people out in the pattern. Shoot, you can send just one. They're fast enough to beat the zone defense. We'll see it every week. Dude just runs a streak down the field. But the turnovers, what do coaches always say? Stop the stop the run, run the ball, stop the run, win the turnover battle. That's what they say in the NFL. Colleges just haven't learned until the score is like 36 to 34. And even then, everybody wants to stand back and throw the ball. If, if, to, for us, you got to get an attitude back to the offensive line. That comes from running the football. It does not come from three-step drops. You got to back those guys up off the line. You got to make them slow down. You got to hit them in the face. You got to give them a wham a couple of times and make that dude keep look, looking. Be a little ginger stepping. When when Jackson State can tee off on us, when Grandley can tee off on us, man, please, this is a long day, bro. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I got one thing to show you, baby. This is what happens when Ric Flair says, I'm coming to town. And he puts <laughs> You see that? Baby, you see that, baby? Now he's the 16th Woo! time. World has <laughs> So that just means you can you can win him, but he's won it 16 times, bro. Connell Maynard has 18 championship rings as a player, collegiate player, uh, pro in Arena League, and as a coach. We can win. We can get it back right. I say this, though. Jackson State is a huge football team. They've always been big, and they're big now. One of our former, uh, one of our coaches, Chris Schelling, played at Auburn. He said, "Ted, those are grown men over there," right. and that's what I was saying. Shadour, and I gave him props on the broadcast. He's a seventy percent passer. God bless you. Keep it going, young man. But you know what? We got to win the East and then win the, the conference. But we got games left. But hey, thank y'all. Happy, happy to be here. <laughs> Love to come back again. You know, I'll get a show too, and then we can really chop it up. But on my show, we're gonna drink some beer. Hey, well, <laughs> let's do hey, it. Look, look, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Hey, you let us know what uh, what uh, how big that uh, gangrene defense looks when you uh, when you see them in comparison to Jackson State. All right, you you let us know right. afterwards. All right. Hey, uh, Brad, Ted, appreciate your time. Good. Yeah, appreciate thank your time. Love thank your spirit and energy. God bless. Be well. Uh, thank you. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be back right after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. 
Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi here. Uh, great set of interviews. Uh, if you happen to miss them, uh, we will post them up later. You'll get a chance to, uh, whether it's listen them, listen to them on our BCSN pod zone, or you go back and listen to them on uh, YouTube. Uh, you can also download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Uh, go to your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN, and you can catch any of our interviews, uh, our show in its entirety, uh, anytime you like. Let me give a few shout outs because, uh, you know, we didn't, we've been, we've been going and going and going and haven't had a chance to really shout out some of the people watching us. Mary 305 always checks in. Mary, we, uh, 
Good to have you in this evening. Glad she uh, made it in. And uh, she's got, uh, sounds like she got some family in Huntsville, Alabama. That's going to be uh, just giving a heads up to some people to watch out. Rattler Nation's coming to Huntsville for two. It's a 1 p.m. Look, you know, we're going from Eastern to Central time. So it's a 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central kickoff. Yeah. So hopefully, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but hopefully, it's not Florida hot uh, at that time of the day. It won't be. It'll it be a little be. cooler. You get some nice fall breeze. It's gonna the the altitude's a little higher because they're up in the mountains almost. Right, right. Uh, also, uh, Joe King, Larry Smith, Sermon, a couple of the uh, Rattlers who are in there. EA uh is uh he, he was telling me Kofi he was telling me that he was kind of glad that I wasn't in the hundred with you back in the day like I, I wouldn't have made it you know I did play a mean trumpet back in the day I even played the tuba the sousaphone for a year I, I don't know I was inspired by the hundred so who knows I might have worked my way up into actually being worth something had I stuck with it in my last two years, you know, but I'm going to say, my brother, it was a totally different time than what we have now. So, yes, and I was coming from a, I was coming from a little uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, look, I was coming from a little private school where you know it was I I had to I had to learn how to play freaky tales on my own. You know, there wasn't nobody showing us how to do it. So, uh, you know, I, I probably would have struggled. I probably would have struggled. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, that that wouldn't have been a good thing for you, sir. I, that would I would have, you know, yeah, I would have, I would have tapped out probably about the first week. First if I day. Made it the first day. Yeah, there you go. That sounds a little <laughs> more accurate. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Any other? Uh, if I missed any other shout outs, uh, you know, we appreciate you. Make sure you uh, give us a thumbs up or like. Uh, out there. One of the things that I, uh, in talking with, uh, as we were talking to Ted and Kofi, you kind of brought this up. The last time that these two schools met was 1979. Uh, FAMU actually holds a 13 and 2 overall winning record against Alabama AM, but unfortunately, 79 was the last time that the two schools played, and we did lose that contest. 19 to 14. Uh, it actually was the third loss in a row that year. We uh, we had started the year off. Tennessee State, Tuskegee, and God darn Alabama. Ooh, Jesus, that right. game made bad. Uh, Alabama yeah. and and then and, and then. then we went down there to Tampa and played Cookman, and we were up like 18 to. Something and Cookman came back and won the darn game. That was just yeah. Ugh. Lost twenty five to twenty to Cookman. Um, I we played now at the end of the season. We played. I don't know if we had Rhode Island. I don't know what. It, yeah, what we that beat was. them. That was a regular season we contest. Them. We beat them. That was okay. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was that Florida State. They weren't ready. That was a whole different, you know, after the Florida Classic. Yeah. But we had an opportunity, bro. Um, had we remained healthy. But that goes back to everything that we're seeing now with this football team. And let me just say that the nutrition program that the kids are doing right now is is helping them tremendously. Uh, Isaiah Land was able to put on at least an additional 15 pounds, I think. 
Well, um, he said he came into FAMU. Over the last couple of years. Well, I heard so, Coach Simmons say he was 180 in high school, senior year, and now he's at 215. Yeah, bro. That's 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 a big deal. And he's playing quite well, but, bro, I'm like, this defense, bro, I am interested to see because I feel like we're in competition with Jackson State's defense. Um, yeah. Because they play Alabama State, and yep. we play Alabama A&M. So we'll get to see a direct comparison of um, – and they're playing Alabama State at home. Just yes. like we played – we're playing A&M on the road. So we'll have Just an like opportunity to see uh, specifically how our teams or how our defenses are playing how we're matching up. That's a good point that you bring up because, you know, obviously – with both teams being so similar in terms of, well, in the country, scoring defense. FAMU is coming in ranked fifth in scoring defense, averaging 11.8. Jackson State is seventh, averaging 13.2. So, you know, we, we've actually given up, I, I think, more touchdowns than State, but our points, they've given up more field goals than us and I think that's where the discrepancy is in the point totals is they've given up quite a few more field goals but anyway we're we're coming in higher like you said Jackson State is going to be looking at what we did saying hey fam you got a shutout we can't let Alabama State score And, and especially what they did to coach you know must be the money I mean come on that 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 in itself is the revenge tour is on for Jackson State without a doubt and for us Jackson State got 10 sacks. So, look, how many – How many? we're looking like, okay, we're coming in with the nation's number one sack leader. Uh, we better get at least somewhere close to – can we get the eight – can we get the Equil Glass eight times? I, I know that's – and we've got, as was mentioned, Coach Spady, Coach James Spady, who's uh, been in the program since 2018 – uh, he was at Alabama A&M. He was the head coach from 2014 to 2017. And this is his first trip back to Alabama A&M. So you know there's going to be some extra, some juice and venom. And I, I thought Ted uh, set that up perfectly. You know, I, I you can best believe, I'm sure, there will be a, a, a Coach Spady moment where he gets to address the team. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't know if any of you recall how it ended. Uh but I, I got to imagine it didn't end on the best of terms at Alabama A&M. So, you know, the revenge tour, the revenge tour this Saturday is alive and well. Hey, let's uh, let's transition for a second, guys, over to our Lady Rattlers. Uh, we, 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 we hyped this up a little bit and, you know, we've we've uh, kept the eye on them as this past weekend. The ladies played three games in two days, winning all three games in impressive format, all 3-0. And this now makes the 1-2-3-4 fifth, fifth consecutive sweep uh, to a SWAC opponent as we defeated Prairie View on Sunday morning, Alcorn State Sunday evening, and then on Monday afternoon, defeated Southern all by scores of 3-0. I'm convinced, Kelvin, somebody must have spiked our food when we went to Jackson State. There's the, so I need some explanation on how we they lost. They cheated. 
it, it, something. I'm some. I'm smelling something fishy. I I need to go back and watch the film on how we. I don't understand. Somebody tell me something. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying it. Um, but anyway, um, the, the so, we had so some Brian, I, I just jumped in here right quick and say that. Go ahead, please. Jackson State, I believe it's they they seven and zero right now, and uh, and then I think right behind them, uh, Alabama State, which we haven't faced. So I'm waiting this for us to. We, I think we faced them this weekend, and then um, so I'm waiting for us to face them. But um, I have the utmost confidence in our team and our coaches, and I can't wait. I was trying to look online to find out where the SWAC volleyball tournament is. Does anybody know? Um, I'll figure it out coming out of the break. I usually, I would imagine it's in Birmingham. I, usually they're going to keep most of those events close to uh, home headquarters. Um, but I, we'll, we'll check it out coming up out, out of the next break and be able to, to tell you. Um, but, yeah, you, you mentioned Jackson State, Kelvin. They have won uh, – this, this, let's see, they went unbeaten last spring or this past spring, 9-0. and now, So that's a 16-game winning streak in conference play. Um, and so, yeah, this Sunday, our Lady Rattlers are hosting Alabama State at the Lawson Center Sunday, 3 o'clock. That game will probably be streamed on the Athletics, FAMU Athletics Facebook feed, as it was this past weekend. And then Alabama A&M, they'll play Monday evening at the Lawson Center 6 p.m. So that, you know, that's an impressive run of one, two, three, three, four, five, six, seven. We're on a, we're in the middle of a seven game homestand. And then you know where it wraps up? It wraps up on October 25th with uh, Jackson State. I may have to make a trip to uh, Tallahassee that weekend. That's homecoming week, too. I may have to find a way up to uh, Lawson on that day. I'm, I'm just going to circle my calendar for that. Um, a bit of news. Let's see. I think we had a couple of ladies that made the SWAC honors. Uh, yes, we did. The setter of the week was uh, uh, Iram Ukar, as uh, she had 106 assists over the weekend against Prairie View, Alcorn, and Southern. So, uh, you know, she... Uh, back, back, back where she belongs. But yeah, this this contest coming up against Alabama State is going to be pretty, pretty good. Uh, Alabama State has had a good program and had a good team over the last couple of uh, couple of years. Uh, probably a little bit longer, but at least as long as I've been paying the last couple of years. Let's uh, let's catch up on the breaks, fellas. Take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about what happened in the SWAC what's going on in the SWAC this weekend. And then a little bit later, we get to our predictions uh, for this upcoming game. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone on the Black College Sports Network. We'll be back in just a moment. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never not working. Never not working. 
Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique to spice up your closet with trendy, unique looks. We have fashionable and chic looks at very affordable prices. Melvin Boutique offers free shipping all year long on all orders. Shop online at www.melvetboutique.com. That's www.melvetboutique.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Shop Melvin Online Women's Boutique. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. We appreciate you following us on all of our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O and G Strike Zone. And send us a note, any email questions that you want to send the show, O and G Strike Zone at gmail.com. I got it. Kofi, uh, you, you got some information regarding the uh, SWAC volleyball tournament, yeah. right? Yes, the SWAC volleyball tournament is going to be in Huntsville, Alabama, November the 19th through the 21st. That's November the 19th through the 21st on the campus of Alabama A&M University in Huntsville, Alabama. All right. So that'll be, uh, that'll be good. That's a, that's a weekend in November. It's probably the weekend before class a weekend. Oh my goodness. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, hey, let, Gotta handle you know, and that's classic weekend for that's, you know, that's going to be Alcorn Jackson State weekend, too. So Jackson State Jackson won't have State a whole bunch of people there either. either. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, you were very uh, – you did a good job there, Kofi, uh, when the question regarding the 100 came up. You were you were, you were were quite reserved. Uh, you you kind of – you uh, did a good job there uh, as terms of the 100 not, a, not traveling – and and the uh, the reasons why we don't have to go into details, but it was on the schedule. We'll just say it is disappointing. It's disappointing that the hundred will not be traveling. I, I think for all parties, I want to take an opportunity to talk to that for a minute because one of the things that needs to happen, um, you know, when people ask about the hundred going, normally for a day trip, it's like at least. For a 200, now this is not the days when we had 400 people and stuff in the van, but the van is at 275, I believe, currently. So really you're talking about basically 300 people. So that's $30,000 for a day trip, $30,000 a day. You got to pay for buses. You have to pay for the drivers. You have to pay 
for three meals a day for the band, and you also have to pay potentially for a hotel room. Um, you know, what, what needs to happen now is that there needs to be a Marching 100 booster organization that helps to defray some of the travel costs and raise money for scholarships. That That is the thing that is I think is really... No. Now, the Marching 100 Alumni Band Association helps students and they help to uh, provide uh, water. They help to provide a number of different things for the students, but it's, um, you know, we want to help to um, boost it, but that's more geared towards the Marching 100 alumni, the people that have actually marched in the band. And that's pretty much the message that comes from the Marching 100 alumni. That's not to kill it. There are people that are in the Alumni Band Association that are not a part of the marching band or any of that. They actually just love the band so much that they want to give. That being said, said, what needs to happen is the 100 needs a separate booster organization that will be focused on making sure that the 100's at all of the away games and they want to be able to provide additional sponsorships and money for scholarships. So you can be a part of the if I didn't, I wasn't in the band, but I love the band. I love music. I can be a part of what? The Marching 100 the, uh, Alumni Band will accept your money. As a alum of FAMU or just any, anybody? Yes, they will accept you as a member. You know, if you if you pay your dues and you're doing stuff, no, don't, don't quote me on that. But they will accept <laughs> your money. They will accept your money, and that's a way that you can help, you know, the band program. But um, by and large, there needs to be a totally separate organization um, that has different minds and, um, you know, really can help. If somebody just asked, can I talk about how the 100 is doing this year? I would say that the – who said that? Dwayne Sweet. The 100 is doing great. I think Dwayne Sweet asked that question. Um, yes, he did. The 100 yes. is doing absolutely phenomenal. Now, field-wise, I think – Right now, they're definitely number one. I haven't seen a better show from any other band uh, this year. That being said, um, the stand performances, they have a ton of music um, that they are playing more. Now, the weakness of the band is when they play. They've got to get in a better flow with the flow of the game. They've got to play or do a better job of getting in and playing during the flow of the game. If they do that, bro, it'll be Katie bar the door. Now, I do have uh, – I have to say that the flat core has even improved. Um, I'm seeing the pregame stuff beginning to come back into into uh, formation, but um, there's still obviously some measure of building and perfecting, but they are growing and they are improving and I just think that, yes, the performances um, have been pretty consistent um, all year long. I'm, I'm proud of this group, definitely proud of this group. And now they've got an extra couple of weeks to prepare, so homecoming show should be great. Um, they've got Southern coming up too, so they're going to be really uh, fired up about that. And then they've got the Florida Classic, so you know that's going to be amazing as well. And I will also say um, – there's a performance out in Los Angeles is going to take place in February um, with the SWAC battle of the bands, which has not been officially announced yet, 
But uh, that's going to be big as well. That's going to be huge. Good, uh, good to know. Appreciate that info. I, I'm, I, I want to. I eventually want to learn more about and your concept about a booster organization for the band and why that's not happening already and why well, it takes it leadership. And it takes well, leadership. Why, why is it the alumni? Number- I don't understand why you have an alumni association there. It would seem like why isn't that an organization that's being used in what it is you're talking about, which is helping to supply funds for the band to go? You don't think that should be it? No, because you only have 2,000 people that are in the alumni group, right? You have only like 2,000 people that are going to be in there, and everybody doesn't necessarily – I don't want to put everybody's business out there. But um, everybody's not active. I put it like that, okay? Um, We have 80,000 alumni with FAMU. Um, Tallahassee has almost 300,000 people. Right. Jacksonville has millions of people. Orlando has millions of people. Gainesville has hundreds of thousands of people. Tampa has people. Miami has people. Atlanta, show enough, has people. Now, I haven't even ventured into, you know, just going out west or our major chapters, but we have not tapped in to the money of or the way that people would be able to assist the marching band. We haven't even began to to tap into that. And that is one of the things that definitely needs to happen going forward. It has to happen. And, you know, their protocols, policies and procedures for starting a direct support organization. But this is long overdue. Like this should have been done years and years ago. Now that we're in the swag, this absolutely 100 percent has to happen so that we don't come back to this spot again, you know, going to Alabama state next year and people talking about, we can't go. What's preventing, <laughs> what's, what, what's preventing the ONG strike zone for, for, for starting, for helping to get that ball rolling? Nothing. I think we should. I think we need to do whatever we, obviously you need a leadership, you need a board. You got to go through that whole process of the um, nonprofit organization going through that 501 C three and uh, getting that going, but that doesn't take a whole lot of time, you know. Just I'm just talking about know, just, a fundraiser to help put some money in the pot. I don't know. Not, not, I don't know which pot we put it in, but you that's know. the thing. We got to get the pot. Buy, let's get the pot first, and then we can talk about putting money money in, in it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, they don't, don't collect the money, and then don't have nowhere to put it. Right, Kelvin? Yeah, you got to pot, the pot, the pot first, first before you start cooking. Uh, right. <laughs> let's get into talking about what happened last week in the swag fellas, swag football. Um, obviously look, the big story of course was the Jackson state, uh, game, uh, over Alabama A&M, but I thought there were two other significant games that occurred in the swag. One being Mississippi Valley state with a 20 to 14 win over Bethune Cookman on their homecoming Bethune's homecoming. And then how about a battle in the West, Swack West, between Texas Southern and Southern? I mean, so essentially you've got Valley and Southern, two teams that traditionally have been, let's say it, they've been they've been homecoming opponents. You know, let's just keep it real. Uh, and, and, and now you've got Valley with two wins in a row uh, for the first time since 2012, going for three. Uh, Texas Southern has won two in a row. 
So uh, what are your thoughts on uh, those two games or uh, Valley and Texas Southern, Kelvin? So I'm calling this month separation um, month, uh, October, right? I think there's tears to, to sweat football right now. And, of course, FAMU and Jackson State is at the top. Um, okay, love it. Love it. I missed tier, on tier a, right tier now. A. Yes, I, I missed on Prairie right now. On, and here's why. They don't play Jackson State or FAMU, and they haven't played any of their toughest competition yet. You know, they're, they're beating up on mediocre to poor schools right now. So I, I want to see them a little bit, how they maneuver this month before I say if they're in the top tier or not. And then uh, on the other side, you got Alcorn State. So um, these next three, four weeks will, 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 sit, will show if that separation is real or not. But that's kind of how I see it, right? I still think Bethune Cookman at this point. I think they cook in a lot of ways, but but because of talent, they gonna get somebody. All right, Fairview, look out. <laughs> Fairview, look out. What? what? Whoa. Okay. Okay. Uh, Kofi, what's what's your what's your thought on uh, those two games? Those two teams. Uh, are we talking about Valley and Texas Southern? Correct. Yeah, just those two games. Well, Mississippi I, you know. Valley has Mississippi Valley has played a nice, tough brand of football. They have been consistent whether they win, whether they win, or even when they lose. That team, I saw that team fight for four quarters. Um, that to me says a lot. Um, talent wise, you know, they they got some transfers in too. It was, you know, everybody was looking at, you know, a lot of the other schools. But both Texas Southern and Mississippi Valley also got kids from the transfer portal. And let me say this about Texas Southern. Um, their head coach spent a lot of time on Sumlin's staff. Uh, so he's a strong offensive mind. And Texas is a lot like Florida in that that state loves football. It is full of football talent. Um, mm-hmm. Texas Southern, in my opinion, should probably be in the top tier of the SWAC West every single year. Um, they've got the money. They've got the ability to do it. They're in a huge city with a ton of resources. In my opinion, yep. there's really no excuse as to why they're in the bottom tier all the time, except for the fact that they're, um, they're, the university administration has not been as committed as they need to be to ensure the success of that program. That being said, they have a guy there that is extremely dedicated um, to making sure that Texas Southern is going to take to take it to the next level. And Mississippi Valley has somebody that is, that's there that actually wants to be there. So you got teams with talent. Uh, Texas Southern had, I was watching them play in the spring and they were better. They lost games, but they were playing uh, a little bit better than I had seen them play in, in times past. And so I was thinking that, you know, this was going to be a game that I did have my eye on. Now, going back to Southern University, Baton Rouge, um, you know, they're in a hell of a gauntlet in their schedule, bro. Like, I'm like, like, this is, this is, this is it. And I was looking at the reason why I was looking at the Texas Southern game is simply because the Southern University has a new football coach. Um, that has not gone through this whole process of running a team for an entire year and then going through the gauntlet in the SWAC. Um, 
It's not easy, bro. They got Texas Southern. They had Texas Southern last week. Now this week they have UAPB, who's reeling, but they're still dangerous. And then they got Alcorn. Then they got us, bro. Then yeah. they got Jackson State. Then they got Grambling. It's not looking good for Southern University. I'm sorry to say it. I'm not sure if this guy's going to survive this year. Well, he, he is just an interim coach. So, um, you know, this is his year to impress if he's going to get it done. Uh, the other two games from last weekend outside of ours and, of course, the Alabama A&M game, Alcorn State holds off a late rally by Grambling to win 24-20 to on Alcorn's homecoming. This was just the second of three home games that the Braves play this year. Uh, at one point, they had a 24-6 to lead on Grambling. And so Grambling had a couple of touchdowns and cut it to within four, but Alcorn State holds on. And then Alabama State got a 35-15 to win over UAPB. Alabama State, their homecoming as well. So uh, UAPB now, if you look at the standings, as I do a quick flip to the standings, of course, One over in four. the east. Wait a minute, what? I want to talk about that Alabama State score over UAPB because yeah, go ahead. Game, go ahead. How many points did Alabama State score? They scored 35. 35. Yeah. And against FAMU, they scored zero. So I want people to look at that and put that in perspective that that Alabama State team that FAMU beat was not a raggedy team. And then you oh, that team, Alabama some... State has they've had a good look right now. They're sitting in second. Uh, they've look, got a similar record. UAPB was playing some good solid ball, um, yeah. you know, and for them to be held to 15 points says a lot about that Alabama State team and their ability to play. So, um, I'm interested to see. I think Jackson State's obviously. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the Jackson State game against Alabama State, but um, Alabama State's good, man. They're not a bad team. Let me let me just run through hey, and get let me, into this. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, Kelvin. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, man. Kobe's saying everybody good here. I told you that already, man. I'm, I'm gonna repeat myself a little bit. There's tears <laughs> to this thing. All them average teams you talking about good, they ain't good, right? Okay, but hold on. Alabama Do- State questionable. Alabama State may be questionable, but when I, I'm I'm one of those people. You you are what your record says you are. So UAPB ain't good, right? Tennessee ain't good. Right now, we finna play teams that don't play defense, period. And they don't have depth. And that's why I say there's a tier. It ain't that, you know, they starting 22, uh, ain't competitive and so forth, but they don't have the depth. They don't have the talent. And when we talk about this Alabama and Alabama A&M game coming up. Uh, I'm going to drill them a little bit because I've watched uh, their last two losses, and um, and, and they just they, they just got some serious deficiencies, even with all the offensive power. But 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 I don't want fool I don't want fool that crowd. Most of the swag is not good. They mediocre. I feel like Kelvin, you're bringing up a very solid point. There are two tiers. There's that Jackson State, Florida A&M tier that you mentioned. And then I think there's that Prairie View, Alcorn State tier. And I feel like those are the only four teams that have a – have a, anybody outside of that four, it would be a shock. I mean, I'm talking a, a 80 to 1, 
you know, Phil Wick, Phil Mickelson winning the U.S. Open uh, type win for somebody. Uh, if somebody out of those four schools wins the SWAC, and it just so happens that two of them are on the East, two of them are on the West. Now, that's not saying one of those four teams can't stumble over themselves, but I'm just saying in terms of, like you just said, who looks like a championship team that can win a championship? There's four. We've been narrow. It's gone from twelve to four. So two thirds, two thirds of the swag are playing spoilers right now, in my opinion. Like somebody's going to ruin somebody's Saturday just because that's how the nature of the game is. But in terms of legitimate teams, you got four. That's it. Uh, so uh, the standings. They say what you know. Right now, it's based on wins. You got Jackson State two and zero, Alabama State two and one, and then you got FAMU, Mississippi Valley State at one and one, Alabama A and M at one and two, winless Bethune Cookman over on the West Prairie View and uh, Alcorn uh, Prairie View three and zero, Alcorn State two and zero, Southern Texas Southern both tied at one and one, Grambling State at one and two, UAPB winless. All right, here we go, fellas. Let's go through this week's games, and then let's wrap it up towards the end with uh, FAMU Alabama A&M. At noon in Daytona Beach, Prairie View A&M off a bye, traveling to a wounded Wildcat. Wounded Wildcat, backed up into a corner, playing Bethune-Cookman at noon. How do we see this game? We'll go around the horn. Kelvin first. Man, I'm scared to pick. Uh, Bethune again because they they just hadn't closed out games, right? They get out the bad starts, man. They always come back and make it competitive typically, but but they just seem to be pun intended, snake bit. So uh so uh I'ma give them one more opportunity. They they desperate, they need a win, they're at home, they just lost homecoming. Purview has been competitive. Prairie View has looked decent. They get even out of conference, but they just hadn't beat anybody good, you know. So I, you know, I'm lukewarm with them. So if they come, if they go down to uh, Daytona and 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 put a convincing win on them, then then maybe they they in that they belong in the upper tier. But until I see that, I'm not, you know, I'm and I'm and I'm putting them on. They one of my two upset alerts this week. Upset alert, upset alert. Uh, but you're picking Bethune Cookman, huh? Okay. Kofi. Prairie View. Uh, right now, until Cookman wins, I mean, after losing the athlete, bro, um, at homecoming with all that energy, uh, the, the Wildcats are scrappy and they are talented. But until I see them actually pull off a victory, I'm going to say no. Prairie View. Yeah, I, I wish I could go there with you, uh, Kelvin. I but I but I will say it'll be close. I'm going close. I'm going Prairie View 31, Bethune 28. So I'm, I'm going close, uh, but not but uh, but not as close as you are. Uh, let's go down to Grambling, Louisiana, Texas Southern. Two wins in a row, coming off a big win. They're traveling and playing Grambling State, 2 o'clock Eastern. Uh, no, that is 3 o'clock Eastern, 2 Central. Who you got, Kelvin? Mediocre teams do not win on the road. They win at home. So I'm going with Grambling at home. 
I sense a theme here. Uh, Kofi. Grambling. Uh, we'll make it a clean sweep. I'll go Grambling as well. A rematch of a game from the spring, which was a pretty big deal for UAPB, but uh, has not been the season that uh, they hoped it would be. Southern taking on UAPB. Uh, that is a three Eastern, two Central game. Southern, uh, I would normally think Southern is in a re- revenge spot, but I don't know if this is the kind of Southern team that uh, it has the revenge fire in their belly. Kelvin, Kelvin, who do you got? Man, this is a pick em game, man. Um, I'm going with Southern only because they used to be in in these games, they the coaches back against the wall. So I, I'm, I'm picking Southern by three. You're going away from your me- – I thought you were going to come back with the mediocre teams don't travel well. I, I thought you were coming back with well, that. Well, it's, me- it's, it's a mediocre – it's two mediocre teams and a bad team. Right now, UAPB, <laughs> however you want to say, they, they won in four. Well, all right. So you're going with Southern. All right, Kofi, who you got? Traditionally, I would say Southern University is going to win this game, but this is definitely a pick 'em game. Uh, uh, Jesus, um, <laughs> Southern absolutely has to have it. I think they 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 may, but bro, uh, I'm I'm going to go with the S for right now. But I'm feeling like UAPB is probably going to win this game. This is large because they are at home, um, and. Uh, I think they. I think well, Southern. Yeah, that's how the game. Is. I'm gonna say. Go Southern. ahead and say Southern. You you come on now. You, Southern. You, 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 Southern. I'm I'm right there with you. Uh, I I think I think Southern wins this ball game. Um, probably by a touchdown. Probably by a touchdown. They're motivated. Right. I mean, they now UAPB was up against them like it was like 35 to something. Three or yes. seven, seven yes. or something at one point in the spring, and Southern almost came back and won that game. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Southern comes out with their mentality. But they're not playing good defense. They're not playing strong no, not Southern defense. Southern is giving up a lot of points. And when you travel on the road, you want to have a good, solid defense. And UAPB, I've seen them, obviously, against Alcorn. They put up some points. So, yeah, but UAPB couldn't stop water out of faucet right now. So I mean that that's yeah, how bad they're looking right now. So Southern's offense that's that's the thing. UAPB's defense is even worse. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this 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 is a big matchup here. Jackson State hosting Alabama State. The big payback game, the revenge game. Alabama State got a win in the spring. This is a three Eastern, two Central game. In Jackson, Mississippi. Kelvin, who you got? I said it's two tiers, so I'm going to stick with that. This is my second be careful game, though. I think Jackson State will win the game. But because of the distractions of homecoming, expectations, they just had emotional game uh, at Alabama. And they may be smelling this up a little bit. And Alabama State is a dangerous team. So I, I do think Jackson State will win, but I don't think they'll create that separation to the fourth quarter. Be careful. What do you got, Kofi? I, I'm in agreement with Kelvin on this. I think Jackson State is obviously the better team. 
Um, I think Jackson State's defense is going to, you know, obviously stuff your attempt to stuff the run game with their run blitzes uh, and force their the Alabama State QB to have to make plays in the air. Um, that being said, it is it is very difficult for a home team at homecoming to uh, to really focus. And this is Dion's first real homecoming. They're entertaining over 200 recruits. They got practice. They've got um, they've got convocation. They got the parade. They've got commercials. They got all kind of stuff that's going on. Parent, family, and friends are gonna be coming into town, talking to players, asking for tickets. All of this stuff can be a, a lot real of distraction. Big distraction for a team that is already, you know, in the media an awful lot, and it can drain you. And uh, yeah, Alabama State has gone into Jackson before, and Donald Hill Ely knows the drill. He was a um, homecoming opponent a lot of times at Morgan State University. So he knows how to prepare his team. Uh, they're going to be ready to play. I just think that Jackson State's defense is just going to be the difference maker again. Ooh. Yeah, I you know, I went back and looked at the box score to see if Alabama State found their running game. They still haven't. Um, and Is Ezra I, Gray know, hurt? No, he uh, he he's just not you know for whatever reason I mean, he rushed for like fifty something yards last week so he was back uh, he was there for the FAMU game it's just it, they're just not having the kind of success they're not with allowing the him game. to run the ball huh they're not allowing him to run the ball well I, I mean for for whatever the reasons are uh, you know the young quarterback that they did have he, he threw four touchdown passes last week but I don't think you can rely on that. Not against, uh, not against Jackson State. So, no. it, it, the question is: Can Alabama State's defense slow Jackson State down? Maybe force a turnover. Right. I, I see Jackson State winning this by two touchdowns. It, it won't be ridiculous, sixty-one fifteen style. Although this is a, it's a revenge spot, you know. Trust me, I, I don't think they appreciated how that one went down last year. So, uh, this will be a two touchdown game. But if Jackson State gets a chance to put up 50 on Alabama State, oh, you best believe they will. I, I do I yes. do believe that. I do believe that. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a shoe on the middle of the field this week. Is it a shoe this week? It's a shoe. It's yeah. a shoe game. Last week was a scooter game. This is a shoe game. All right. Good to know. Uh, battle in the state of Mississippi, Mississippi Valley State. Uh, they haven't been in this spot since 2012 when they won three games in a row. They're in the midst of a two-game win streak. They host Alcorn State. Kelvin, who you got? Man, we going to find out. <laughs> and on this level or not, I tell you, I told you before, Valley is tough at home. I watched them play uh, Alcorn, I want to say, last season. and I, I'm not sure it was spring. I'm talking about last full season, regular season. And um and uh they played Alcon. They led a lot of that game, as a matter of fact. So um man, I'm gonna go with Alcon because I just believe that they got the better offense. But man, this one's gonna be a good one, I think. I'm predicting it to be a good one anyway. Who do you got, Kofi? I'm going with the children of the corn. Children of the corn. 
I'm going with the children of the corn because the children of the corn know how to win ball games. And Valley is right at that threshold where they're learning how to win, but Alcorn's already there. And that's why I believe Alcorn's going to prevail. But like Kelvin said, this this is my upset alert just because, like I said, going to Itabeta is not easy. It's just a totally different environment. It's like going to Dover, Delaware and, 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 and stuff. Because, you know, you're, going, you're used to playing in front of full energetic crowds and then you get there and, you know, like I said, there ain't nobody necessarily there. But this game's going to have a lot of people because uh, it's in Mississippi and it's a rival. And then, you know, you got the Klansmen in the trees and all that kind of stuff. And then the referees from um, Itabeta and stuff, they do all kind of crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, Alcorn better wow. be ready to play, man. I'm trying to tell you, bro. Yeah, I'm, bro. Going you, to Itabeta. Have you ever right been there. to Itabeta? Nope, never been. Didn't know That's my point. Except, yeah. That's my point. That's my point. You ain't never been. Kelvin, you ever well, been There's a Itabeta? lot of places I've never been. I've never no. been to the Grand Canyon. What do you mean? I mean, you know, what are you saying? Never no, been to Vegas. but Itabeta, you just even just found out that Itabeta even existed. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, I'm with so, you. Upset alert. That's Upset the, alert. I'm calling it. I'm calling it three three in a row for Mississippi Valley State. I'm calling it. I hate to do it to you, Alcorn. Um, I, I see this one going down. And look, the ways that Mississippi Valley State has won, it's going to be wild. It's going to be ridiculous. Some fourth quarter magic that uh, Mississippi Valley State, you know, the the ghost of Jerry Rice and Willie Tottenham somehow come rolling Bro, across the field. Huh? They had Tennessee State dead to rights in Nashville. Um, yeah. In 2019? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. you know, 2021, I'm going with Mississippi Valley State in this one. Uh, I'll, I'll go uh, I'll go so far as to call it 24-21. Uh, 24-21, Mississippi Valley State wins three in a row. Yes, sir. All right, here we go. Here we go. Game of the weekend. Florida A&M traveling to Alabama State. First off, got to make sure we give a shout-out to Coach Willie Simmons, who had a birthday uh, Tuesday, October 12th. Happy birthday, Coach Simmons. We appreciate you and uh, everything you do for our program. And then also want to remind you tomorrow, the debut of Why Not Us, uh, which we like to call hashtag Why Not FAMU. Uh, that'll be on ESPN Plus debuting tomorrow, the first of an eight-part docuseries on ESPN Plus. All right, back to this game. The Rattlers traveling to Huntsville, Alabama. That is a 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central kickoff. Look, we know what's at stake. Kelvin, break it down. How's this game going to flesh out? Who wins? I'm going to start with Alabama A&M defense. Their back end don't cover very well, and they don't tackle. They're not very athletic. Um... Once you get past the front four, front seven, uh, our, our running backs can have a field day this game. That's just facts. It's on film. It is what it is. So we're going to put up points. Um, and um, in terms of Alabama uh, and uh, offense, they're dangerous, but they're predictable. If you watch what uh, – now we have – Film of the Gremlin game. We have film of the um, the uh, 
Jackson State game, right? And um, in both of those games, three-step drops. He, my man gave away a little something there. What he was saying? Three-step three drops, and they're trying to get rid of the ball. If you get your hands up, a lot of bad balls. Uh, you drop into those uh, hot reads, those quick throws. Uh, which they seem to like to throw the the ends and the, and the screens, the slant ends the screen. There's a lot of opportunities. I don't think it's looking good for uh, the Bulldogs. I think it's going to be a blowout. It's going to be one of those situations, like I said. You, go, you got a blowout? You going to score? Uh, Let's say 40 to 15. Ooh, okay. All right, that's a good score. I like that one. All right, Kofi, break it down. Well, Kelvin has already broken it down. I think that obviously, you know, FAMI has the better team. AM has been giving up. Um, they gave up 42, 41 to South Carolina State. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave up 35 to Tuskegee. So. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking that our offensive line and our running game, along with our receivers, we're going to be able to put up some points. And our defense has been lights out all year. And, uh, yeah, so that's going to vote well for our for the for the mighty Rattlers from FAMU. And I'm with Kelvin. I'm going to go with that score that he just picked. I'm going to say 45 because we know I'm going to get a field goal in there some kind of way. So 45. 14. We're going to yeah, be over 30 uh, on this one. How about that? I'm, I will agree. We will now, be we over 30. If we don't score over 30, I'm going down there personally, and I'm looking for the offense. I'm going to black in them, and I'm be like, hey, dog, like, what happened? Like, everybody scored 35 points against this darn team. Now, That's the thing. Bro? Everybody has scored at least 35 on them. I see FAMU scoring 42. Um... I, I don't know as much respect as I have for a quill glass, the offensive. I don't know if you fix what's wrong with the offense. I know Ted Dixie thought, you know, you can do, you can fix that, but they have been manhandled over the two. I mean, I mean, like if you, like if you are out, go ahead. If you're outweighed, bro. Like, and they, they just speed wise, it just did not look good. Um, they looked slow. They looked weak. Um, they didn't know where the rush was coming from. Uh, and that was the last two weeks. Right. Yeah. Not just one uh, week. This is the last two weeks. Yeah. So, I, I don't think I don't think a Quill Glass can afford to take any step. I mean, literally, it has to be a catch and throw. You 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 may not have time uh, outside of uh, maybe a second and a half to get rid of the ball. I, I just don't know unless some, some, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what kind of, I haven't seen anything or any type of scene. He need to that get helps. more five stars. That's what he need to do. He need to get more five stars on that offensive line. That, that's how you, that's how you fix that depth. Yeah. Well, that's what it's going to take because need, this may be, this is going to be something like a 42. I, I feel like this will be like – this feels like a 42 to 10 kind of game. It really does. Right. It feels like a 42 to 10 kind of game. Um, and I'm I, telling I, you, bro, if – Initially, if I was going to say 42 to 28. I, but then but then I just don't know how 
us giving up 28 would mean we've committed a bunch of penalties or or we we gave up a pick six. They got a scoop and score, a special teams touchdown. I don't think our defense is going to give up two touchdowns. I don't think they give up more than two if they give up two. That means if Alabama A&M is scoring, it has to be because we did something. We put the ball on the turf. We threw the ball to them. Special teams breakdown. I, I don't know. I'm really trying not to – I'm trying to f- find a way because I was so can we, enamored can we, with this Can we move on? Me. Can we move well, on? Well, yeah, we can close. Not giving I'm just saying. I, You're I'm trying just, to give okay. them points and, and stuff. No, We're I'm just, trying I'm to just, find just, ways to lose or nothing like that. They already know I'm that. Just, we, I'm we, just trying to find – I'm just trying to be realistic. I don't want all of our feelings hurt uh, should something happen. All right. Let's well, see. I mean, we I, would I, obviously I, have to play a very bad game for Alabama A&M to beat us. I we'd agree. have to play bad. We'd have to give. We'd have to turn the ball over. We'd we'd have to have mental mental breakdowns with our defense for that to happen. I they, they, hey, Brian, I, I, I'm yeah. gonna help you out here. So help if uh, they get the running game going, I don't think they can do it with the pass game. But say they get they they get our attention enough with the running game that they can get explosive plays out. Those receivers are capable. The problem is the mismatch is so so great, so exaggerated at the line of scrimmage that I, yes. I just don't see that happening. But if that's if that happens and we do some uncharacteristic, like turn the ball over, because I, I believe they first drive, they may come out and score, you know. They almost did it at Jackson State. They did, so right. They, they have weapons, but but to sustain it over a long period of time, I just don't think, I haven't seen anything evidence that say they can keep this game close. Um, we got some other score predictions out there. Uh, Montre Bennett says 42 to 7. Mary 305, 45 to 14. Liking that. Uh, don't see any other any other score predictions. Over under five and a half sacks for our gangrene defense. We're calling it gangrene. You can keep that dark cloud. We used the gangrene defense on this show. Five and a half sacks. Over under five and a half sacks. Over. Over. Over, Kofi. That's a bad offensive line, man. Ooh. We got a great defensive line. Over. Yeah, over. <laughs> what if I bumped it to six? What if I bumped it to seven and a half? What would you say? Push. That would be – that's a lot, man. That's a, yeah. yeah, push. All right. So, you, you, so would you go over five and a half, Kofi? I'm going to go over, but I think seven and a half is like – about the, the seal. bro, we we get that, bro. We gonna everybody else needs to get out of the way. Yeah, uh, there you go. All right, uh, hey, uh, everyone on YouTube, we appreciate you. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. We need to get those numbers up on YouTube channel. Thank you, uh, definitely. Montre Bennett says over, um, definitely going over. Oh, five interceptions. There, I love that. I, I don't know about <laughs> that though, but. Uh, Wow. That's awfully. That's that's a heck of a lot right there. Five and a Larry Smith says forty to seven. A lot of Rattler Nation. Seven sacks over seven sacks. Jackson State had ten. Yes, they did. Uh, seven sacks on that one. So, oof. Jackson State well, had hey. ten sacks. Woo. I know. I know. This game is on ESPN Plus. Um, I'm not sure if we we've been doing watch parties. So stay tuned. I have I have a feeling. We may do a watch party, and since Co- and since Kelvin and Kofi are not traveling to Huntsville, 
they may be joining the watch party. I'm just putting that out there. Um, What's wrong with you? Yes. Um, hey, don't mind the audience. We, we travel together, Johnsville. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we right now. Hey, hey, yes, we are doing uh, a watch party this week. Yes. Yeah, so, all right. We will be doing a watch party. Uh, we'll, we'll try to see if we got it worked out where we can actually be showing the the FAMU game and be talking about it. So make sure you come and join us this Saturday as we do the uh, BCSN Game Time Watch Party. Plenty of HBCU games. The good thing is our game is in the afternoon, so we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about and watch that game as well as all the other games going on in the SWAC and across the landscape of black college football this weekend. Please go subscribe to that YouTube channel. Those of you who are out there watching us, we thank you. Make sure you uh, like and subscribe wherever necessary and possible. If you're listening to this on the pod zone, especially if you're on Apple, go ahead and give us a great five-star rating. You know, go ahead and a lot of people out there on Apple, you know, that's it helps the algorithms and all that good stuff. And uh, again, if you have an opportunity, go download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on your Google or Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN or my BCSN. All right. We'll see you back this weekend on Saturday. Big game. Rattlers, Bulldogs. We're preparing to strike in Huntsville. If you're on the road, be safe. Watch out for those speed traps and make some noise and be loud and proud. Wear some orange and green. For Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway, I'm Brian Fulford. All right, Rattlers, you guys be safe and make sure to strike, strike, and strike again. Good night now.